the world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. This episode is also brought to you by Screenlight.tv. Screenlight.tv is a video review and approval service for the post-production industry. Post-production teams can now easily share videos and production files with clients worldwide. Utilize their project management and team collaboration tools that include asset management, frame-accurate video feedback, proactive security, and more. All at a price that won't break your production's budget. Use the video review and approval service trusted by post-professionals throughout the world. Screenlight.tv Screenlight.tv Upload anything, get feedback, and finish projects faster. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and... This week, what we've done is we've taken a section out of the London Edit Fest, thanks to the American Cinema Editors and Jenny McCormick for allowing us to do this. And if you know me or you've ever taken any of my courses, we have some some former students listening, you'll know that I love the film My Little Eye. If you're into horror films, uh, particularly not the gory ones, but the ones that are sort of more almost leaning on suspense or, you know, sort of haunted houses type ones, you want to see the film My Little Eye. Uh, it was shot in Canada. It's a British production. I believe it was a co-production. And uh, it was finished in LA. And I've loved this film. It hasn't gotten the traction that I thought it should have. And so I always tell people about it. And then when I was at Edit Fest in London, the editor from My Little Eye was on the, one of the panels and they talked about how it was their first film to cut. So I thought the story behind it's a little interesting. It's a very short story about how she got into the project. The editor is Megs Arnold and you'll hear John Wilson, uh, ACE, who's the moderator, ask her the question of how she got into the industry. And she gives this little story about basically, you know, how this film came to be and how it almost didn't get to the, the cinemas or the popularity that it should have. So enjoy this little section from the Edit Fest. If you're in LA, we have the next Edit Fest coming up. It's gonna be August 2nd. Go to edifest.com, buy your tickets if you're gonna go. I'm gonna be there, Lauren's gonna be there, Victoria's gonna be there, Andre can't make it, unfortunately. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of people there. And we're also doing a pub night afterwards on uh, August 3rd. And so if you've been to any of our pub nights, it's at the exact same location, Fox and Hounds. Uh, go to AOTG.com and look in the right hand side and you'll see it. One thing before we get into this section from the Edit Fest London, the audio isn't the greatest. Usually at the Edit Fest events, I'm able to plug into the sound system with my, my recorder. And unfortunately, because the, the BAFTA theater was more of a, an actual theater, they didn't really have a setup for me to easily plug into. So the audio isn't the greatest. I apologize. So enjoy this section from Edifest London. To start with, how she got her first break into film editing. Uh, I know that you've done probably more feature work than television, but try and uh, keep this more towards the television side if possible, where possible. 
Um, and did you have any previous experience that helped you? Um, well, I'll say briefly that I, I got into the film industry at a time when um, editors were starting to cross over from film uh, to digital cutting. Right. And I knew enough about computers and enough about film that I was able to offer myself up as someone who could teach the editors how to use the um, editing programs like Avid and Lightworks. It was Lightworks more at that stage. Um, and, and, and convey to them that what they did, you know, if you, if you want to do this, okay, on film, this is how you do it uh, on, on, uh, on a computer. And, and I find myself when I, I've been working, for example, on Final Cut for a while, and then I switched to cut a film on Avid. The first few days, I find it extremely frustrating because I'm, I'm reaching out instinctively to do something, hitting the keyboard or the mouse or something, and it's not working. It's not the thing I want to do, the kind of extension of my arm that carries out the, the command that I want to do is just not, not working because I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on a different program. So it takes my brain a few days to kind of switch across. And so I was kind of able to understand that, it, it, you know, even though I hadn't cut myself really. Um, that, that the editors found this frustrating. So they'd explain like what I want to do and how I see it, but they couldn't kind of make it happen on, on the software. So, so, so I became sort of known as the first who could, who could kind of you know, help, help editors do that. So, so, so I was lucky, I was, I was in the right place at the right time. I wasn't terribly experienced at that point, uh, but I was, um, I was able to offer that. And so, so I became known amongst a few um, kind of top editors a-list a editors, I guess, in, in the British film industry and, and, and abroad, uh, as someone who could do that. So, so I, I got work doing that. And then um, I got my first break as an editor, almost for the same reason, because um, I was working under Mick Audsley. I was working as his first on Captain Corelli's Mandolin. And we'd previously done High Fidelity. And it was a uh, working title, and Tim Bevan was the lead producer. And um, I'd asked him if I could use the cutting rooms to do some short films just in my own time you know um, after working hours and so on and he was quite happy to do that so he knew I wanted to cut and I was quite I was quite um I'd speak up in, in if we had screenings and things and, and was asked my opinion I'd, I'd say what I thought uh, and so on so so he kind of knew that I had you know kind of an interest and in, and in, and in, in so on um, and then um, a producer called John Finn was looking for an editor uh, to cut a film called My Little Eye which was being shot on domestic uh, <coughs> equipment. And can I just interrupt <coughs> Max here and say, if, if you've ever not seen My Little Eye, it is probably the scariest British movie ever made. Mm -hmm. Just a plug, and it, I, I do rate that film much highly. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt That's you. That's all right, it's a good interruption. <laughs> anyway, so, so um, he was looking for someone who, um, who could cut, who could work on Final Cut, and at that stage no one had cut a film in the UK on Final Cut. And uh, they'd started doing it sort of in indie productions in America, but it was version one of Final Cut. It wasn't, it was still very much a domestic program um, that hadn't kind of made it into, into uh, you know, professional use. So, uh, so we, um, I went and met John, and we talked about it. And then, you know, it was, a, it was a kind of a long, drawn-out affair. And we ended up shooting the film and cutting it on Final Cut. It was it was very hard to do because it kept crashing and all sorts of other things. Um, and then, of course, Walter Murch, Murch famously used it to cut Cold Mountain. And then it kind of, you know, he sort of developed it with with the people at Apple and so on. And, and then it became more used uh, professionally. <clears throat> but again, it was because I was. Um, Tim, um, sorry, John. Um, Tim promoted me to John as someone who would 
be able to understand, uh, you know, the rules, obviously, of filmmaking and, and understand and make a good story and so on. So, so, so experience as, as an editor and as a storyteller, but also be able to simultaneously learn and apply this new program in the context of, of shooting uh, on, on these little video cameras and things. It was, it was a sort of a fly-on-the-wall kind of Big Brother-style horror where they had cameras mounted all over a house and it could shoot the action as people walked around and, and basically butchered each other. And so it was all fixed cameras. There weren't any moving shots. It was, it was very hard to edit, and we cut it for about a year. Um, working title let us play with it until we found we, we you know we decided it was ready we we, um, we had some very disastrous screenings actually it's it's another famous story and I hope I don't go over time but it's it's one worth telling because we went to do a preview an NRG screening uh, where you actually screen uh, to to you know it's in a big sort of multiplex cinema this one was in um, uh, Los Angeles Santa Monica actually and um, you know you get you get a test audience and you get a focus group and it's a whole thing. And this was a very small film. I think it cost two million dollars to make. And and be, but because it was working title and Universal, they they'd allow us to go and preview the film. And it was it was an unusual film. It didn't belong to any particular category. It was new. So they decided they'd spend the money and test it. Anyway, we rolled into um, into America um, on September the tenth, and uh, <laughs> two thousand one. And uh, we were, I remember waking up the next morning, which was the, the day we were supposed to have the screening, and um, I heard hooting outside. We were staying in a hotel in um, Beverly Hills, and I heard hooting. It was kind of early in the morning. It was, it was kind of crazy. I thought, oh, is there some kind of parade? Is it a public holiday? Opened my window, looked outside, and people standing on the street waving American flags. I'd never seen anything like it. So you do what you do in a hotel room, you switch on the TV and you start, you know, surfing channels. And of course, it was all over the news. The first tower had come down and the second tower had come down and they were showing, you know, re-edited footage of, of all this happening. And at that stage, I guess like everybody else in the world, nobody knew, you know, there was information coming in about Al-Qaeda and this guy called Bin Laden and all that. It was, it was really freaky. I was far away from home. Uh, John and Mark, the director, they were in their rooms. They'd simultaneously woken up to the noise and, and switched on their TVs, and we called each other and said, uh, "So, do you think the screening's going to still happen?" <laughs> anyway, obviously it didn't, but we were grounded in in, um, in America, in, in LA, for for ten days until we could get flights back home, because obviously everything came to a halt as far as flying and airlines and so on. And we did have a screening, and it was a disaster. And there were things in it which, which we realized with hindsight should never have been in. There was one thing where someone comes in, they're sitting in a basement, these kids, and, and there's a killer on the loose, and they're going, what, they're not going to come in here? This is America. They won't do that. And the entire audience went, boom! And I think we got about 3% for our screening. So uh, that was the story. And that was my break into, into editing, which happened to be a feature film, um, and which I've mostly done. Um, I've done, I think, the first thing really that I did for television, which was the trip, and, and I guess I got my into that because I'd already done a couple of feature films with Michael Winterbottom as right. his editor. Right. So, so I can't really speak no, much no. about it. <laughs> that, that, that was very entertaining. Thank you. So that was the section from EditFest London. Remember, if you're in L.A., Join us for the Edit Fest, as well as for our pub night on August 3rd. If you're in Toronto, our pub night in Toronto, we're at capacity. So if you haven't gotten tickets, you might not be getting in. You can try. There's no rule saying you can't try. Uh, but I, I would recommend you uh, get there early. Uh, we have lots of giveaways to do. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
So make sure to join us. And of course, sign up quickly to the LA one around. So we're going to uh, not be able to get you in because last year we had full capacity. This year, it looks like we're going to have full capacity. It's still a little early, but you can get your tickets still. So go to AOTG.com and look in the right-hand side for our pub tour. With that said, I'd like to thank the American Cinema Editors, Jenny McCormick, my producer, Lauren Woodcock, and I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.